WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. WWW Pittsburgh's Rock and Alternative 1059VX. Connor McGregor called Floyd Mayweather Jr. boy. Dance for me, boy. Floyd Mayweather Jr. called Conor McGregor the other F-word. The homophobic F-word. We're all going to watch the fight, so we all lose. I don't care how much money these guys have, or how much fame, or how many women. These are a couple of low-rent scumbags. Diamond earrings on a pair of pigs. Hey, McGregor and Mayweather, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing Cont on a name you can trust. For all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs, all you need to do is dial 412-367-0815. Uh, hyping a fight isn't a good enough reason for that kind of crap that McGregor and Mayweather are spewing. This fight is foolproof in the first place. But most of you would just love to use those words. If Mayweather and McGregor played in any sports league, be it MLB, the NFL, whatever, they would be suspended for using that verbiage. McGregor, by the way, was asked about Rocky Three, which this is. This is Rocky Three. This is black against white. It's Rocky Three dipped in the great white height. And McGregor called the black boxers in Apollo Creed's gym, quote, dancing monkeys, unquote. Conor McGregor called the black boxers in Apollo Creed's gym in Rocky Three dancing monkeys. Now, when he called Mayweather boy, I heard, oh, Irish people use that word all the time. He didn't know it was offensive, yada, yada. Anybody got an excuse for this dancing monkeys thing? I'd love to hear it. 412-333-9939. It's sad. I liked Conor McGregor until these interviews. But now I know what he really is. Of course, it's all because Trump got elected. No, it's not. But Trump getting elected has made us all choose up sides. And if you don't choose up sides, your side will be chosen for you. Uh, Listeners to this show with half a brain, which I know is a very small percentage, but I pointedly have not chosen upsides. I think Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are both buffoons and criminals. But on Twitter, I get called a snowflake, and I get accused of voting for Trump. I am not, and I did not. I'm just an adult who thinks for himself, thank you very much. Le'Veon Bell did not sign a long-term contract today. Him and the Steelers could not work something out. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN is reporting that Bell has not yet signed his franchise tender and does not have to report to training camp until he does. Bell could miss all of the preseason, show up the week before game one of the regular season, and get paid in full. If you were Le'Veon Bell, what would you do? 
And here's another question if you think Bell should show up for camp on time. What good does that do him, Le'Veon Bell? How does that help Le'Veon Bell? I asked Mark Caballi of DK Pittsburgh Sports that question on Twitter, and he answered it with the question. How does not showing up on time help Bell? Well, it's less wear and tear. And it's not being at training camp. And it's not participating in the preseason. Last year, Bell touched the ball eight times in all the preseason games combined. Bell doesn't need to be there to be ready. All these guys don't need to be there to be ready. The reason the preseason's so long is because the owners like to exert control. The reason they play four exhibition games when they really only need two, if that many, is the owners get to keep all the money from those games because the players don't get paid for the preseason. Well, okay, that's the way it is. So would you blame Le'Veon Bell if he turned the tables a little bit when he had the chance? I wouldn't. And there's a school of thought, the football first guys. You see, I don't care that much about football. I don't care that much about the Steelers. I, I like the quarterback, and once he quits, my disdain will become all the more palpable. But if you care about football, it's like, oh, yeah, you got to be there, got to bond with the team, blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. You just don't. Show up when you have to. It's like that for any job. Show up when you have to. Hey, let me tell you, I've worked hard enough, long enough, I show up far too early for this job, and I feel like a dope because of it. Lev Bell, don't feel like a dope. Do not show up at Steeler Training Camp until the Monday before the opener. This, I beseech you, let me be the brain of the brainless. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Mark? What up, Virgil? Hey, and if I'm the Steelers, I franchise him until I can't franchise tag him anymore. Think about all the running backs in the last 10 or 12 years. You know, Maurice Jones, Drew, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Jamal Charles, greatest thing ever. Three or four years is a shelf life. He may be the exception to the rule, but I'm sorry. Every year he has to go out there and has to prove himself. They should let somebody else, if that happens, overpay for him. I don't necessarily disagree with that, Virgil. Let me ask you a few questions. If you were him now, having, you know, not gotten the long-term contract, but not signed the franchise tender yet either, when would you show up for camp? I would show up at the last possible minute until they start taking my game checks. Okay, which would be, I believe, the Monday before the first game. And how would you expect Mike Tomlin the Steelers organization, and the locker room would react to that? I would probably assume that internally, you know, they, they'd say the right things, but at the same time, I'm sorry, the best guys play. They could be as hard-nosed and punish me as long as they want, but they don't have a running back better. So, Well, yeah, but, but, there, but, but do you think the, the locker room will resent Bell or support Bell? I think they would support him. I do, too. What about Tomlin? Uh, he'll he'll put a face on in the media. I don't but, think so. I, I think Tomlin, Tomlin is so used to kissing the ass of all his players, I don't think he'll stop because of this. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and he, and he, but the, and the thing is, they're using him so much. I mean, for the, the Steelers, they play this perfectly. If Ben does retire, let's say he does retire in a year, and he's all they have left, and they have a quarterback who can't get the ball to their overpaid wide receiver, then maybe it makes sense to do a four or five year deal then because, you know, they don't want to look like they're basically 
giving up all hope, but I'm sorry. He, he, when he goes to another team, if he does, his best years are going to be behind him. Now, do you think that there's anything for Bell to gain by not being at camp or anything Bell loses and the Steelers lose as a team by him not being at camp? No, I mean, that offense, that offense, there might be some timing things he has to overcome in the first week, but, geez, you know, these guys, they, they know what they're doing. Ben knows what he's doing. Bell knows what he's doing. Unless they put another wrinkle in the playbook, uh, he he's not going to miss anything. You, you, uh, Virgil, I think Eugene. Eugene just tweeted uh, why Bell's not going to be at camp. Why's that? If Bell's not under contract, he's not a union member, correct? Correct. For the time being. You know what that means? I do not. Can't test him for pot. Ho, 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 whammy. Bell could smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke. I don't. Know, how long does pot take to get out of your system? Two weeks? I believe. Play it safe. He could smoke from now until a month before he reports. And make all kinds of rap videos. And I'll tell you what, if he smokes like crazy, I'll bet they'll be better. Because they can't be worse. Let's take one more quickie. David in North Hills. David, you're on the Mark Madden Show. What up, Double M? What up? Hey, it's just, I mean, it's extremely confusing to me how anyone can have the opinion that he it's best for him, that he shows up to not get paid. I mean, I played football all my life in college and everything, too, but I'm not indoctrinated to the point where I feel that someone should just work their you know butt off for you and not get anything out of. I mean, if any other industry, any other worker did that in this country, people would throw a fit. But, I mean, I guess because they're professional athletes, that doesn't apply, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't... what. I don't get any advantage of him going at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. Except for, you know, the boys stick together, get ready for the season, we're going to win a Super Bowl, and that's all rah-rah nonsense. Who cares? It's all a job. It's about a paycheck, you know? Right, and if it's all about a paycheck, why show up until you start getting paid? And I think he's great. I think they should resign him. I think he's going to have, you know, a few more good years left, but that's irrelevant. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. it this is about as, what's best for him. As I've been saying... I think the Steelers should have signed them long-term just so there would be no distraction heading into a season where they seem not a favorite to win a Super Bowl, but I'd say a favorite to at least get back to the AFC Championship game. Okay, let's reset. What would you do if you were Le'Veon Bell? He didn't sign a long-term deal today. He didn't sign his franchise tender either. Would you show up for camp on time or late? If late, how late? And what will the fan reaction, teammate reaction, and organizational reaction be? Adam Schefter said he's not signed the franchise tender yet. He doesn't expect to see him show up until mid to late August. I'm Mark Madden, 105.90X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Doing really well. Everything I hear from him is just some of the most insightful stuff. And did you take off your pants? The X at 105.9. Here's a tweet just typical of Yinzer's stupidity. Maybe not stupidity, maybe just single-mindedness, or maybe simple-mindedness, or maybe just always siding with the Roonies because they've done so much for us. Uh, Jeff tweets, the Roonies will never be bullied into a contract. Remember, the Roonies are responsible for six rings. I think they know how to negotiate contracts to build a winner. Why... Is Le'Veon Bell trying to bully the Roonies, Jeff? Why can't Le'Veon Bell just be trying to negotiate for what he feels he's worth? Why are the Roonies 
always right. Uh, Starling Marte talked about being careless. He was careless when he took PEDs. Careless, I, I suppose he accidentally sat on a needle full of steroid 101, the easiest to detect. It would be so refreshing if one of these jamokes, the cheats, would just say, look, I use steroids because I want to hit more home runs, and I got caught. I won't do it again. Probably. Careless. Let's go to Big Al. Big Al, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. What up? Um, I think with the Le'Veon Bell, I think the franchise is the way to go. I mean, the back only has so many carries on him. You know, why tie up long-term money? And I think the way he's perceived, um, I, can, I think some players, depending on how he comes into shape, if he's ready to go as the season starts, most of them won't have a problem with it. Tomlin's hands are tied. and You can't really punish him. What are you going to do, not play him when he's there, when he's your best running black, clearly? Um, so, you know, I think the franchise is the same way. What do you do? You can, you well, no, no, no. I, I don't blame the Steelers for franchising, Bell. I just think it might have served the cause better. I mean, talk about doing what's best for the team. If you give Bell the long-term guaranteed deal, it eliminates a potential distraction. Although, again, we'll get a better idea of how big the distraction will be or if it exists at all once Bell comments on not getting the long-term deal hammered out. Uh, Again, my big complaint isn't with Bell. It's not with the Steelers. It's with the NFLPA for giving into a CBA that keeps free agency from being free. If the very best guys can never get the free agency because they can be franchised, then free agency isn't at all free. Let's go to Steve in the car. Steve, you're on with Double M. All right, so this isn't my point, but I got to how exactly is franchise? Your phone sucks, Mike. My point to you is you should get a different, better phone. Let's go to... Denny and Elizabeth. Denny, you're on with the super genius. Hey, Mark. I bet the Steelers are happy that he's not going to show up for a while. And the reason is he'll be fresh for the regular season. Uh, Number two, that'll give him an extra month or so where they don't have to deal with his stupidity. And number three, you know, we'll use one of your phrases, who has Le'Veon Bell ever beat? Well, first off, in terms of dealing with stupidity, What's one less more? And it's not really a big deal. Uh, I agree with none of those guys need training camp, Rob. If, if last year, if none of the teams would have shown up until the week before the first game and just had practiced the week before the first game and played the season, right? right. Do you think the standings would have looked any different? Because I don't think so. No. They don't, they don't even practice during the week, Mark. You got, not you, but the other media guys go down there. They run around in shorts all day. Oh, I will never go down there ever go down there, uh, Denny, and uh, they just don't need all this practice. The, the owners like practice and the coaches like practice because it shows who's in control, yep. and it ain't the players. Let's go to Kenny in Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, sir. I said good day. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to be a lifelong Penguins fan. I was a Penguins fan basically in my mother's womb. Seriously. That's weird. 
I know it's weird, but I have a deep connection with the penguins. They're in my soul. Sounds like it. And the and the point I'm trying to make not is often that, you hear deep and mother's vagina in the same sentence. The point I'm trying to make is that the Penguins are a franchise of hope. I mean, all the wonderful stories that have gone with this franchise is unbelievable. And then when I try to be a Pirates fan, it's the compl- it's a 180. Everyone everyone is miserable. Well, I don't know about now. I don't know about this second. If they, if they, bro, if they win these four games, they're back in it, and they can win these four games. The Brewers aren't good. The Brewers aren't contenders. They're pretenders. But that's what they said about Chrissy Hind. Does it? When that guy was talking about hope and all that, I almost said, "Does anybody here remember laughter?" Let's go to Tom in Virginia. Tom, you're on with Double M. Super genius. How you doing? Hello. Uh, two quick points. I'm a Pirates fan, but I hope they get swept by Milwaukee. The last thing I want them to do is to barely contend or just miss out on a playoff series again, thus furthering this. Well, yeah, but let me, let me, let me, I, I get your argument, but I'd love to see him sweep forward and trade McCutcheon. Mm, I might be able to get behind that. Because people would go nutso. <laughs> It'd be good radio. Uh, real quick, about the left Bell thing. Right. Given the... Given the rash of NFL veterans we're seeing who can't even remember their own name, add that with Tomlin saying they're going to run Bell till the wheels fall off. Well, he didn't I say that ever for... specifically about Bell. Okay, well, even still, given what we know about player histories and concussions, I don't blame the guy for taking as long as he wants. Well, now, now here's the pros and cons, the only pros and cons. If Bell signs his tender and shows up for work, he can get hurt at training camp and still be they're obliged to pay his whole salary. Now, if he doesn't sign the tender, like, you know, I don't know, sprains his knee wrapping, then he could end up getting none of it. And by the way, I've heard him rap. Bodily injury to him and to others is not something I automatically would rule out. Let's go to Abraham in the shower. Abraham, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, if I'm Nivian Bell... I will make an appearance day one of training camp without signing anything just to piss them off and take pictures and autographs and not show up after that till Monday. Okay, what point would he be proving there? Because the people that piss off the most would be his teammates. Okay, if he doesn't show up because he hasn't signed his tender, that's business. If he shows up and makes a spectacle, that's making a spectacle and providing a distraction. Well, at least he would make the fans there happy. Boy, I'm sure that's always been a big concern of his. If he wanted to make the fans happy, he wouldn't rap. Because, boy, he bad. You ever hear that guy? I mean, it's tough to really stink at rapping, but he stinks. I feel very confident saying I'm a better rapper than him. Pittsburgh Pirates keep on losing. Pittsburgh Pirates keep on losing. In the city, the city of Pittsburgh, keep on losing, keep on sucking. Up next, we talk to Chris Kunitz, formerly of the Penguins, now of Tampa Bay. It's Chris Kunitz up next here on 105.9. My guest now is a four-time Stanley Cup champion, including three times with the Penguins, 
and now he's a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a pleasure to welcome Chris Kunitz. Uh, Cooney, thanks for taking the time. And it feels weird to call you a member of the Lightning. Does it still feel weird to hear it? Uh, it's still still new, still fresh to, to hear. But uh, thanks for having me on, Mark. Now, now, forget hockey for a second. Is it tough for you and your family to leave Pittsburgh? Uh, you guys put some roots down, and if I'm not mistaken, weren't all three of your kids born in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they were. We've uh, we've been very fortunate to be in one uh, one city that's really welcomed us uh, from the beginning of our career. So, uh, yeah, the kids are Pittsburghers, obviously, for life. And um, as you know from being in the community for so long, that uh, everyone's so welcoming and helpful that uh, it makes it tough to leave. But uh, we'll definitely be back around. Now, was staying in Pittsburgh ever a consideration for next year, Cooney? How seriously did you and the Penguins talk? Um, not very much. Um, I don't think it was a serious consideration uh, on their part. And obviously, in, our, in ours, I probably knew at heart that uh, you know things wouldn't be worked out just with you know the talent of guys that are coming up and pushing people uh, to get better. Um, obviously, during the salary cap area era, things really changed, but. Um, I think you always want to hang on to a little piece thinking that it would happen, but um, couldn't be happier with uh, the situation that we're going to and a, and a team that's right up there with the Penguins that are going to fight for a Stanley Cup every year. Now, you won three Cups here in Pittsburgh. Uh, which one stands out the most and why? Um, I mean, they're all good in their own way, I guess. There's not one that um, is better than the other. I'd say the first one in '09, we were one of those guys that came in a week before the deadline, everything was new and fresh. And we got onto the, such a good role that, um, you know, I think they had added maybe four, four new guys to the team and we all came in and, and bonded. And, um, you know, it just had that new feeling, kind of like a new car. You didn't really know what you're getting into, but, uh, you were so happy that you got a chance to win. The team had such a great run. And then, um, I'd say the 16 probably meant the most just from the big layoff in between the injuries to, uh, a lot of different guys, the different guys that go through the organization and having a, um, you know, a big lack there of, of the expectation maybe of the organization wanting us to be Stanley Cup winners every single year. So I think that one was rewarding in the sense of you got back there, you did it again. It was still, uh, you know, the main core guys were still kind of around. And then just being on, you know, the run for 17, I think going back to back is, is special in itself, but it, uh, it kind of blends into that 16-17 with uh, having you know Sullivan come in and, and some of the new kids that, that really stepped up their game. What did it take to win two cups in a row, Cooney? Because you know n- not too many people know what that's like. It hadn't been done uh, since 1998, and boy, what a rare and special accomplishment. Yeah, I think it shows to the, um, the organizational it, uh, part of the management how they prepared, how they understood that it was going to be tough or our medical and physical guy, uh, physical training guys, they all, you know, put in the, the big case scenario. It wasn't, you know, getting after guys in training camp, but it was more about preparing guys for the playoffs and understanding that you have a chance to do something special, but you have to progress throughout the season. You want to be peaking at the right time, and um, we might not have played our best hockey all the way through playoffs, but when we got to the finals, we, we did enough that we, you know, could bring home another cup. So I think it's just their understanding from the, the president to the GM to the coach, everybody understanding that you don't have to be maybe the best team in, in October. And, and if you need time to rest your guys or, or give guys breaks during the year, that they did a great job of doing that. And it gave us the energy to go out there and compete every single night. Now, you kind of touched on this uh, just a second ago, but 
Did you guys win the cup different this year? It seems like last year you outplayed everybody, and this year I thought you outlasted everybody. Yeah, I'd say that's a great assessment of it. Um, I think when you look at the 16 team, it, we almost won the game before we started it. It felt like like every single night we thought we were a team carrying the pace and the play, and, and everyone else was trying to catch up. I think this year it was more of that you know, flip a coin. It was a 50-50. You didn't really know what was going to happen. Our team sometimes came great out of the gates, and sometimes we had to come back in games. So it, it, it definitely felt the same way as uh, people were observing it for sure. Now, you played 195 games, you personally, 195 games over the past two seasons, and you play a collisional style, to say the least. What do you feel like right now physically? Because that's one heck of a workload. feel pretty good. No, I, uh, yeah, obviously there's um, parts of your body that are hurting at the end of the year and missing some games with a, a broken foot that, um, you know, had to heal and things like that. But the body feels good. Yeah, we've got back into the, the summer workout program. you got to... You know, keep the body moving and limber. You don't want to take too much time off because then you uh, take so much effort to get back into shape. So I think it's the body feels good. The, the mind feels even better from from winning and looking excited to now uh, a big change going down to a new city and a uh, another organization. We're talking to Chris Kunitz of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're on the home of the Penguins, one hundred five nine the X. Kuni, you had great chemistry with Sidney Crosby during your nine seasons here. Uh, when you guys got put back together on occasion during the playoffs, it ignited once again. Uh, what made you two work so well together over the long haul? Um, I think you just build those that, that chemistry, I think, early on. of, um, I mean, obviously Sid's a, a different world talent that, you know, there's not many guys like him, but he had an understanding of how I played a game and, and the areas that I did well, and those were the things that he expected me to go out and do, and and my style was understanding that if I can go in there, get on the four check, turn the puck over, get to a certain area, he's going to find you at all times. So um, I think it was just my ability to to want to do my job and let him do his things. And, and when you develop that chemistry and, and have so much fun throughout the years, I, I think you can just kind of pick it back up. It's obviously um, something that, that faded for the last few years, but it was definitely enjoyable my uh, my whole time. My, my two cents kind of is you played Don Lowe so well, and when you were out there with Sid, you made him play Don Lowe more. And I don't think there's really ever been anybody better playing Don Lowe than Sid. I, I agree. I mean, I think this year, really in the playoffs, the ability to, to shield guys from the puck and, and hold guys off is, is a different level that he's brought to his game now. Obviously, he works on different areas every year, but um, you can see him shielding guys off and them not being able to get a puck. And he's still creating that time and space for the other guys on the ice. And that's That's what makes Sid so good is, he understands where everybody on the ice is going to be at any moment, whereas the rest of us are just trying to worry about ourselves. And, and he just sees the game at a, at a different pace throughout his mind and a different speed that um, obviously takes his game to a different level, and, and he just keeps changing himself into a better better version of, of what he can be. Now you had the series winner in Game 7 against Ottawa, double overtime, and that got the Penguins to the Stanley Cup Final. That's a pretty big highlight to take with you, isn't it? Uh, very much so. Uh, I don't think you could ever cap off uh, scoring a goal and uh, you know one of your last home games of and moving your team on to the, the Stanley Cup final. Obviously, I wasn't filling the net too much, so I think it even felt even better just to get that first one in that game. But the second one was um, a, a great way to kind of go out and, and hopefully be remembered by. Can you see that goal still in your mind's eye? What did you see, Cooney, that that maybe the rest of us didn't? 
Um, I mean, I was just trying to get to that kind of open space. I think it, it's something that I've always kind of worked well with Sid was when everybody's eyes draw attention to him, you kind of find that pocket. Um, and he's so good at, at waiting so guys don't get too close to you so you can get a full shot away. Um, so I think just being able to sit in that pocket, I was sitting there for a little bit of time, and usually when that happens, someone gets in the, the, the way to block the shot. So I think it was just kind of wanting that puck to finally get there, and, and it, when it got there, it was uh, it came off my stick a little wobbly, so it was kind of like watching a, a knuckleball kind of go in there. You were, were hoping that it was going to get in, and then when it finally uh, you know went in past the goalie, it was that just pure excitement of, of scoring a goal and moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, when is your day with the Stanley Cup, and where is it going to be? Uh, we already had it. We oh, had you did? How on, was it? Uh, yep, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we had it on the 10th in Pittsburgh. Um, we had our, our family photos taken in our backyard, and uh, kids ate cereal out of the cup, and um, kids had a nice little pool party with a lot of their friends. <laughs> and um, Yeah, we had, a, we had a great little day. It wasn't anything uh, crazy and wild. We um, shared it with a lot of uh, the people that have... Um, helped us throughout our years in Pittsburgh and, and people have become good friends and our kids' friends. So we uh, had that. We raised a, a little bit of money for um, a, a charity that my wife has worked with. And then uh, we had a dinner party for uh, some siblings and friends at, at one of the restaurants downtown. So we had a nice semi-quiet day. It wasn't anything uh, too exciting, but it was obviously enjoyable and, and almost more time spent with the cup just sitting and relaxing and looking at it and, and uh, having the kids enjoy their time with it this year. Well, I was going to say, that's your fourth day with the cup. I mean, it's never like same old, same old, but I'm sure you've done just about everything with it you could possibly do. <laughs> uh, we've been, yeah, we've been very fortunate to have been on some really good teams and uh, we've done a lot of different things from sharing it with college to taking it back home to uh, putting it on private planes and, and flying around the country. So we've uh, we've definitely had our share, and I think after even winning the first one, we always said, well, if we're fortunate enough to win another one, we'll just take it to the lake and, and sit in a boat by ourselves, and then you realize you need to share it with so many people, and um, that's what makes the trophy so so unbelievable is the attention that it draws when you bring it anywhere. And uh, to be able to share it with people that, that have you know helped you throughout your career, and this year it was more about the people that, had family that, that helped us throughout the community and sharing with those people. Now, here's an amazing stat, Cooney, and I wonder if you're aware of it. Since expansion in 1967, only 21 players have won the Stanley Cup more than you. How do you figure that? That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty pretty crazy to hear. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not usually too uh, hung up on statistics. I, I know how fortunate my career has been to be on good teams and uh, good teams aren't won by you know one player. They're they're won throughout having great players and great teammates and guys who um, you know buy into a system. And I think I've been really really fortunate to have you know a lot of those guys who take the pressure off the everyday player, but also guys' willingness to do whatever they can to help a team win. And um, I just found myself in a category of of being really fortunate to be on uh, a lot of a lot of good hockey teams. What's going to be like to play against the Penguins? And uh, do you anticipate maybe taking a run at Sid? Um, I, if he's got the puck, I, that's my job. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, those are the things you do. And, um, I think when you're in the league so long, you, you play against your friends, you, you compete hard and that's what keeps guys in the league is their wantingness to, to compete and, and be better. Um, obviously you battle in training camps and, and different things. It, it'll be awkward seeing, you know, your, yourself playing against one of your former teams like it always is. Um, 
coming back to that rink that you go into so much is probably tougher than, than playing at your, um, at home. But, uh, yeah, I, it'll, it'll be tough. I'm, you know, looking forward to it though. I think once you guys understand that it's a job, you go out there and you play hard and, and you hope your team ends up on the, the right side. So you have something to gloat about at least for uh, a few weeks during the regular season. Well, yeah, and you guys have a good team, too. That That's worth noting before we wrap this up. It's not like you're going to some bunch of jabronis. I, I expect Tampa's going to be right in there. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why we, you know, had Tampa uh, slotted. We, we I believe, as a as a player, they were always one of the toughest teams to play against. They they had that dynamic skill up front, and um, we saw just a few years ago how, how dynamic that team could be, even with some injuries. And, you know, hopefully everyone gets healthy, and that's that's the idea is to make another run at it. You don't want to go off and, and end your career somewhere and, and ride off into the sunset. I'm, you know, picking Tampa because I expect them to be one of those top three, four teams that are going to have uh, a shot to win the Stanley Cup in the end. Cooney, listen, thanks so much, not just for this, but for everything. You're always very forthcoming and cooperative. So good luck in Tampa. We'll see you in the visitor's locker room. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. That is Chris Kunitz, now of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to predict next year that the Pittsburgh Penguins or Chris Kunitz will win the Stanley Cup for a third time in a row. Uh, I should get that list out. You should see the list of names. The 21 players who have won the Cup five times or more, more than Kunitz, since expansion in 1967. Uh, most of them played for Montreal and they're all named Lemaire or LaPointe or LaFleur or LaSomething. That's Chris Kunitz. I'm Mark Madden. It's not time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up? Super genius, how are you? Terrific. Is porn stars practice? Nope, they never have sex unless it's on video. The X at 105.9. Ask Mark Anything. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. Chapino is the city's best seafood and chop house, so be sure to check out Chapino in the Strip. Got a few lines open, very unusual for Ask Mark Anything, so maybe I should just go home. No, we got a few lines full, too, so we'll get to them, but you can call 412-333-WXDX. Let's go to Don, excuse me, Dan and Plum. Dan, Ask Mark Anything. Good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. I was wondering what your take is on Roger Federer and his accomplishment of winning uh, 19 majors yesterday, how that, how you would stack that up against guys like Jack Nicholas with 18, and Jimmy Johnson seems like he's breaking every record. I was just wondering what your take was on him. So you're asking me to compare a tennis player, a golfer, and a NASCAR driver? Yeah, just what you think overall. I, I know they're different sports, but overall what you think that I think Roger is. Federer is arguably the best tennis player of all time. I would be able to say that with a clearer conscience if he was more colorful. Uh, I I just don't think he's very exciting. And I remember John McEnroe, for example, as being better because he was more fun to watch. But certainly their respective career resumes indicates that Federer is by far the superior player. So uh, that's the problem with tennis in general these days, I think is that uh, the players aren't colorful. And that goes for the men's and the women's division. You've got a lot of great players, but they just aren't colorful. They're not in any way interesting besides being good players. I grew up uh, watching Chris Everett, who was super hot. Yvonne Gulagong, you know, Australian Aborigine, who was very attractive and unbelievably athletic. 
played here in Pittsburgh, World Team Tennis, for Frank Fiore's Pittsburgh Triangles. Uh, Billie Jean King, who was an icon in society, let alone tennis, in so many ways. And then on the men's side, you had McEnroe, who was nuts. Jimmy Connors, who was nuts. Bjorn Borg, who was pointedly not nuts and was the perfect foil for a guy like John McEnroe. Kenny Rosewall, the Australian tough guy. Maybe I remember better because I was younger, but it seems like those tennis players were so much more interesting. Yeah, Mark, it seems like still today that uh, the person making the news is McEnroe. Did you hear about his comment about Serena, how he's only the 700th best, or she would rank 700th against the men? I did hear that, and, and Johnny Mack, like he so often is, was absolutely right. Let's go to Nick in the car. Nick, ask Mark anything. Good day, Super Genius. I said good day. Do you turn your car off when you pump your gas like you're supposed to? Yes, do you? Heck no. Okay, well, well, why not? What's, what is gained by you leaving the car running? Because I can get back in, and it's, it's, it's 100% of the time way too hot or way too cold. What do you, I, I don't get it. Because you can get back in the car and either stay cool or stay warm. Wow. You've really overcomplicated something that is simple beyond description. Do what I do. I, I When I can, my buddy Tom Leskowak owns a full service station on Troy Hill. I go there. He's a good guy, good service, and you can stay warm, cold, whatever you want. Hell, you can put ice cubes down in front of your pants for all Tom cares. Let's go to Paul on I-79. Paul, ask Mark anything. Mark, are you interested in the Mayweather-McGregor fight? And if so, who do you think is going to win? And also... Okay, Mayweather is an absolute lock to win. McGregor has zero chance whatsoever. And I become less interested every time those two creeps open their mouths. Do you think it'll be better for boxing or for MMA or neither? Neither. I mean, I mean, have you seen the promotion, the interviews, and the confrontations? It's been extraordinarily entertaining, but also very lowbrow. Right. I don't see that as helping either. So far, the hype has helped neither. And they didn't need to hype it this way. It was a foolproof fight. If they would have talked more technical about, like, McGregor talking about his adaptation to boxing and Mayweather talking about trying to get back into boxing after two years off, that would have hyped the fight sufficiently, and they would have not gone where they've gone, which is to pitiable depths. Let's go to Matt and Brentwood. Matt, ask Mark anything. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Hey, whose jersey you got? What do you mean? Like, what Penn's jersey, what Steelers jersey, who? I have, here's my entire collection. I have a Greg Polis number 22 Penguins jersey. I have a St. Louis Blues number 9 Greg Polis jersey. I have a number 20 Greg Polis New York Rangers jersey. He played back in the 70s. I have a Ben Roethlisberger jersey that somebody gave me, but I've, I've worn, I think, once. I wore it on Channel 11 as a goof one time. And believe it or not, somebody gave me a Heinz Ward jersey at one point. That is the extent of my jerseys. Oh, and I have a Val Fontaine Penguins jersey, game-worn from the 70s. What no, jerseys? Those jerseys. I, oh, I do have a Barry Bonds number 25 Giants jersey. I bought that to be a jerk. <laughs> How about you? Do you have any jerseys, Matt? Uh, I got tons. What's your favorite jersey? I just got the uh, Sidney Crosby Stanley Cup final jersey. How old are you, Matt? 
32. How many jerseys would you say you have? Fuck. That's not the right answer. <laughs> All right, I'm back in tomorrow. More Levy on Bell Talk tomorrow. Bucks got to win tonight. Beat them, Bucks. Beat them, Bucks. Beat them, Bucks. Beat them, Bucks. 105.9 The X.